Welcome to the Encourageous Podcast. My name is Angel Clark, and I'll be your host. Everyone goes through difficult things in life, but it takes a special type of person to use their pain to help others. That's exactly the kind of people you're going to hear from here on Encourageous. Each episode will tell the story of someone who not only survived their struggle, but is thriving. Join us for vulnerable, firsthand testimonies that will inspire you to press on. Get ready to be encouraged. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Encourageous podcast today. Um, If you tuned in last time, it was part one of a two-part series we have here. Um, I have Kate and Brett Cooper. They are a married couple who is sold out for Jesus in every way. Um, So... Brett actually shared his testimony on the last episode, and now it's his wife, Kate's turn. So, Kate, can you uh, tell us who you are and about your life? Hi. Hey, guys. I'm a teacher. I teach kindergarten, and I've taught for probably 20 years. Mm. Um, I have three kids, and um, one is 20, one is 15, one is 13. I'm great. <laughs> I need to write this stuff down. So, yeah. So I have three three beautiful kids. And Whose ages will not be named. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're probably going to hear She's that. looking to be like, what's his <laughs> And then I have Brett. So, yes. Um, that's what I'm doing now. Yep. Okay. So, um, if you tuned in last time, you know that Brett's testimony is just... It will blow your mind, people. So um, if you haven't listened, go back, listen to that one first, and then listen to this, which is part two. Um, so Kate, I actually, we go to the same church, all of us, the Lakeside Church, and I know your sister, she shared a little bit of her testimony at during one of the services, so I kind of know a little bit of your background, but I actually don't know your full story of where you started and how you ended up where you are now. So would you mind kind of just walking us through what your journey to Jesus looked like? Well, I, I think for for me personally, growing up in my house was, um, well, you know, to be honest, I really have blocked out like mm-hmm. a lot of my younger years. Um, and I think that's, that's the grace of God because yeah. he's repaired those relationships over the years. Mm-hmm. But... For me, uh, the the biggest thing I remember was my was just feeling very um, kind of condemned or mm-hmm. all the time, you know. For us, it was more about working for approval and love, oh, yeah. And that's also how I viewed God. Yep. So, you know, and I I truly believe that my parents are they're great people. Yep. I think that they just loved us the way that they were loved and they didn't know any different Mm -hmm. and so I think that through the years God has given them the grace to see the difference Mm -hmm. and you know their relationship with the Lord and and with us has drastically changed and and so I'm so grateful for that as God's changed each of us yep it's changed those relationships so I think you know looking back as I, I was a kid I, I viewed God as one of those big God, you know, the God who sits up on a cloud and threw lightning bolts at you mm. when you did anything wrong. And he yeah. was always looking to like squash you like an ant, you yep. know, if you told a lie or, or stole a piece of candy from 7-Eleven, mm. you know, like that's, that's, that was our thing. Like we were horrible kids. We just ran the neighborhood like crazy. But, um, I, you know, I really feel like the Lord was... I viewed him that way because mm-hmm. that's how I, I viewed my dad. Yeah. And I didn't know any, he was very disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't realize that he was doing it from love. Yeah. You know, now looking back, I know he was just trying to mold us into good, you know, adults, but yep. it was in a very difficult way. Yeah. But um, anyway, so I, I just was kind of lost in that era when I was younger. and. And I just went to church because that's what we were meant, you know, we were told to do, to get in the car, to go to church, be good, and da-da-da-da. And so that's how my 
relationship with the Lord. What? Well, there was no relationship. Yeah, my my view of church was that that's what we did, so that's what we did. Yep. And it was our social time. And, and you know, I, I think just because of the tra traumatic things that were happening in the house and outside of the house at that time, I kind of blocked out mm. what was, you know, happening at the church or if there was any, you know, the word definitely was being spoken, mm. but it just wasn't getting through yeah. because I was so young and I think I was just, it was, I was traumatized, I think. Mm. So, but anyway, um, I, I grew up in that kind of environment, but yep. then it led me to hanging out with the wrong kind of people and, you know, uh, I, I met some people that I shouldn't have been hanging out with and, um, I trusted them and one showed up at the house and that, you know, I, he wasn't really a friend, but it was an acquaintance. And he asked my mom if he could take me to the beach. My mom said yes, because she had met him before, you know. Mm. So we put our trust in somebody we had not really, didn't really know. Yeah. Um, so on our way to the beach, we made a pit stop at a hotel to pick up a friend of his, but that was all a lie. He raped me. Um, it was, it was a very traumatic experience. Mm. I didn't tell anyone. Mm. I didn't. I didn't tell my parents. You didn't for many even tell years, me. no. So for many years, I just, I, it was very traumatic. I, mm. I thought it was all my fault. Yeah. So, you know the lies that, kid, you know, young girls tell themselves. It's your fault. You shouldn't have dressed that way. Maybe yeah. you shouldn't have gone with them. And, you know, all of those things. And so I took that blame upon myself. Yep. So, you know, and I became really withdrawn mm. and very quiet for a while. And then I started hanging out with even, you know, going to parties, going, and everybody was sitting around laughing one night and they were passing around, you know, stuff. And I'm like, gosh, these people seem so happy and carefree and I'm so miserable and yeah. I live with all this shame and I just want to, feel normal again so mm. you know I hit it <laughs> next time it came around I hit it so I my addiction really started when I was about 15 okay. when probably six eight months after I was raped mm. I just didn't want to live inside my head anymore reliving mm. that over and over mm. so I thought this was the perfect escape you know yep. everybody's so happy <laughs> so anyway so that you know, that really, es that lifestyle escalated really quickly. Oh, wow. So for a long time, I just partied, you know, mm. and I would say, oh, you know, I would have never claimed to be an addict. It was always about partying and, and I would party here and there and I, and, and, but here's the problem. Every time life threw me uh, a curveball, my choice of drug would up, I would up the ante. Mm -hmm. I went from, you know, Pot to cocaine to cocaine to, to pills to mushroom, you know, like whatever was popular at the mm. time, and I would just up the ante a little more, but I would become more miserable. Mm. And I didn't realize it then, oh, wow. but I would be trading in, you know, my freedom mm. for more bondage, yeah. <laughs> you know. So here I was thinking I was becoming more free and. Yeah because I was numbing that pain, but I was really just shackling myself to becoming more bonded to this addiction that wow. kept growing and growing and continuing to grow. Oh so I lived like that for many, many years, and um, I went off to Bible college because that was the thing to do. I met my first husband. Oh, wow. Even uh, you were doing all the drugs and everything, yeah. and you went to Bible college? Florida Christian College, smoking doobies out the window, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I just... I mean, that's just what I did. And I, I really could hide it very well, too. Mm. So I, I, I was always very secretive about the drugs I was doing. That nobody, you know, I was in college making A's and B's. Wow. And I was partying all the time. I like, partying is what I called it, but it was really living in addiction. Wow. And I could go like five, six months without it. Oh. But then I would always go back to it when something would happen, you yep. know? So anyway, that's how I started dealing with my pain. And yep. it was just this, it was kind of like a lifestyle I was digging out for myself because yep. I didn't have it. I didn't have a relationship with God. Mm. God was just something I was doing yeah. because the people I was around 
was doing the God thing, you know? So, or I was with my other friends who were doing this thing. Mm -hmm. So it was either one or the other, yep. you know? So um, I got married to my first husband and we had our children. But very soon in that marriage, I realized that that was not gonna work. Mm. We were very selfish people, both of us. Yeah. Uh, it's not, I'm not just blaming him. No. Like, both of us were very selfish. Mm. We did not put Christ in the middle of our relationship. We put self <laughs> and pride there. Yep. And we literally destroyed each other in the mm. process. And you know, I, I begged him for a divorce um, and then got pregnant with our little girl Zoe. Mm. And I begged him for another divorce that wasn't going to happen. Eventually, left the marriage, had an affair, and got pregnant with Deacon, my youngest son. And then I had this choice like, mm. here I am, a pastor's wife. I'm in active addiction. Wow. I just graduated Bible college. And I have now three kids. Wow. So, do I have an abortion mm -hmm. and hide this and continue living this life that's such a lie? Or do I have this baby and see what happens? So, you know, it's like rolling the dice when you're wow. when you're at the casino. Red yeah. or black, red or black. I was going to say, you probably yeah. felt like it was like a lose-lose. It, like, was. No it was literally a lose-lose. And it was like so overwhelming. Like to be carrying all these burdens and wow. it was so exhausting like mm -hmm. my life from putting one mask on to the next was exhausting wow. so anyway I finally decided I could not have an abortion I had to tell him the truth and and we had Deacon and it, you know eventually not just because of that, but for other reasons as well, we decided to both, this, we couldn't do this yep. anymore. So we got a divorce, and now I'm a single mom mm. who's teaching, who is with three kids. You know, I went from a full-time mommy to a huge support group and friends mm. to being literally ostracized by my church and wow. people I loved and had poured my life into for 13 mm. years to... You're not allowed here anymore. They kicked you out? They were the ones who told me I was getting a divorce and that you were no longer welcome at this church. Wow. The deacons told me that. So, you know, I... I now I just went deeper into addiction mm. because I didn't yeah. have anyone to keep me You developed a church hurt. And now I, yeah, yeah. I developed a church hurt. Here where I thought, well, I had been running from God all my life because I thought I wasn't good enough for mm. him. And I didn't even know how to have a relationship with him. I mean, that's the crazy thing. You go through your entire life in, in the church and people just do church. They just yeah. come to church yep. and then they go home and sometimes they do life together. Mm -hmm. But the part of the church that I was with or that they didn't teach you how to actively have like a relationship. Mm -hmm. Religion and relationship are just two different things. So my different. whole life I spent in religion. Mm -hmm. I literally did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ at all. Wow. So this whole time, even as a pastor's wife, I'm I'm running from the Lord. Wow. Because I know what I'm doing. You know, I know my secret sins was smoking pot in the backyard, snorting cocaine, like my marriage was falling apart. Like wow. We could not stand each other. We were, it, it was very painful. Mm. I was like an absentee person in the home. Like he would not talk to me for weeks. And then we'd get out in public and it was like, what's up everybody? Yeah. And then we're, it was oh like goodness. we're best friends. So it was, it was very painful. So to, you know, to mask that pain and to keep playing this part, mm. I was continuing an addiction, you know, and then it just, my world came crashing down when we got divorced, really, because, you know, you go from a full-time mommy to half-time, that is devastating. Yeah. Divorce is devastating. Yeah. The effects of divorce is devastating. Mm. I, even if you wanted the divorce, yeah. it's still devastating. Yeah. Like, from going, I promise, 
you know, to love you from the rest of my life to I can't stand you mm -hmm. and now I have to share my kids with you. Yeah. That's devastating. So the unforgiveness of it all and mm -hmm. the shame and you know, wearing that giant letter A on my chest. Was, letter, yep. It was horrible. And then, you know, here I was in this small town and I would have to go to Publix and still see people that, you know, were a part of my life for so long and they would just walk by and act like they didn't even know who I was. Wow. So I really felt rejected. Mm. And that spirit of rejection was heavy and yep. I became so depressed and so into the drug of choice at that time was now pain pills. Mm. I had upped the ante again and now here I was with hydrocodone, oxycodone, oxymorphine, Zanny. Um, gosh, there was a list of them, you know, and, wow. and I was had great insurance. So anytime I went to the doctor, I could complain about this or that and then I just, you know, they would just write the script. Wow. So it it just became my lifestyle then was n no longer people, it was oxy. Mm. <laughs> and so when I didn't have my kids, that's what I was doing. When I had my kids, I was playing perfect mom and then I was getting high, you know? Mm. So it was exhausting. <laughs> so I, I went to, um, my life just got really out of control. I no longer was a functional addict, mm. or I couldn't, like, I started losing a grip. Like, I started unraveling yep. quickly. And I remember one Christmas, my brother and my dad sat in front of me, and they said, Kate, you, you, you can't even finish a conversation at night. You're falling asleep while you're talking. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I, I thought they were crazy. And denial. So, yeah, I was totally in denial. And I was definitely in denial because the only thing that was keeping me alive at that point, I thought, was these pills. Like, I was so suicidal, Angel. Like, I did not even want to get up in the mornings. Wow. I would open my eyes and I would just start crying immediately mm. because I had no hope. Mm. I had nothing to live for. And I really just wanted to die. I wanted God to just take me out. Just take me out while I'm sleeping. Let it be painful. Let it be over. I just can't do this. Yeah. So, my brother and my 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 dad started challenging me to see how long I could go without him. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. But I tried one day, and that was the first time I started getting dope sick. Like, and I from just one day. Oh yeah, because wow. you you took him like every six, seven, eight hours. You know oh, whatever. Goodness. So I really noticed, oh my gosh, I can't do without these. Wow. So I went to my doctor and she's like, no, you're just dependent on them. Your, your body is dependent. This is another lie that addicts tell themselves is that you're, 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 not, addicted. you're not addicted. You need it. You yeah, need it. your body just needs it. You're dependent upon it. And the doctor didn't see a problem with That's that? That's a difference. Well, it's a narcotic, so you have to take it responsibly, but you're just dependent on it. We can easily walk you off of that when you're ready, once your body heals. Is that that's what the mm -hmm. doctor? So I mean, I went for years like this. So I'm like, okay, I'm just dependent on it. That's that's what I started telling my family. I'm just dependent on it. But my life was like seriously out of control. Like I, I had no godly people in my life. I was now I I hated the church. I hated God. I hated people of God. I didn't yep. want to be around them. Yep. They had, they had hurt, in my eyes, they had hurt me. Oh, yeah. They had left me stranded. Yep. You know, needless to say, it was all my own choices that had gotten me there, but I didn't believe that at the time. You know, I, I was believing the lie that it was all them. Yeah. Do, so, I, do, do you both feel like that's something that a lot of addicts have in common is they won't admit their role. They kind of, well, oh, yeah. this person did this, so that's yeah. why I am well, it's, it's denial. I think that's probably one of the most prominent things to addiction mm. is you you deny your wrongdoing mm. or you deny your responsibility. choices, yeah. responsibility in it because it helps you 
justify in your mm, mind. You can blame your shifting the blame. Yeah. 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 So instead of pointing the finger at myself, which I should have been accepting mm. my responsibility and all of it, I was always, you know, pointing the finger at it was his fault. Yep. It was her fault. It was their fault. Yep. And and that just fostered my unforgiveness too. Mm. And it literally made my heart cold, yeah. like like solid rock, you know. And but it only led to hopelessness. Yep. Because I had nothing to hold on to except mm. for these pills. Yep. So, um, where was I? Um, let's see. You said your marriage. Um, your dad and brother challenged you to like try to stop them, and um, you realized you were like dependent. You were just about at the place where you you were so lost and broken that you you finally committed to wanting to challenge. Yeah. I, oh, okay. So I I knew that I needed help. Yep. I went to actually I was going to drive up to Alabama and, and talk with my parents to see if we could get some help, and I my car literally goes off into Claremont towards, you know, the Claremont exit to Caroline and Jason's house. And they, so I ended Which up... Which your sister and brother-in-law. Yeah, my sister, and, yeah, my sister and brother-in-law. And I ended up going over there and they, they helped me. They walked me through, mm-hmm. blew up an air mattress for me, listened to all this junk, mm-hmm. this all this stuff that I was involved in, all of this sin that my lifestyle had become Mm. and they never judged me and they just sat there and listened and Mm. then said okay now we're going to help you find a way out of this yep and it's jesus yep and you you have got to get a hold of that truth kate because nothing is going to get you out of this nope except for him and I thought they were crazy at first. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, that sounds like rainbows and unicorns, but yes. thank you. I'm just going to make a phone call to Jesus real quick, and he's going to get me right out of all this mess. And, and so, But they were really patient with me, and, and they just really fostered so much hope in me. And I, mm. that was the first time that I had slept. I was up for five straight days before I got there that night. Five and that, days? Yeah, five days. Wow. So I got there, and they, they really just helped me. And, and it was the first time that I rested mm. in five days. And I slept like a baby. And I woke up with, like, a whole different kind of perspective. Not, yep. not a total healing, but just, like, yeah. it was those baby steps towards the next, yep. you know, phase. And I knew things were going to start changing. I had some hope again mm. for the first time. Anyway, um, I went to one... Uh, outpatient rehab and it did not work mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not a faith-based rehab and I went I when I went in they just wrote all kinds of prescriptions for psychotropic medications and oh. and other types of yeah so I ended up heavily using these oh. and crashed my car into a gas station what? side of a gas station with my younger two kids in it. And I was like four tenths of a mile away from 95, wow. from Highway 95. So I got arrested. Oh. I got, I was actually in a Dunkin' Donuts on top of a table in the window sleeping because I was cold, high out of my mind. And I got arrested in front of my kids, put in a cop oh. car, and they said, you, this girl needs help. Mm. Well, my kids were on my phone and they were calling all my brothers and sisters, my parents, Aww. and guess who shows up? Caroline and Jason just happened to be in Melbourne mm. when it happened and they showed up and, and they said, oh my gosh, we know this, you know, we know you, Pastor. Is this your sister? And he said, this is my sister-in-law. Yes, through marriage. And he said, if you will get her help, we'll let her go home with you. So they did. Mm. And I woke up the next day, and I still don't even remember that day. I remember nothing of that day except for what they tell me. And I, I woke up the next day, and I'm like, okay, let's, you know, it's Thanksgiving time. Let's start cooking. And my roommate was like, Kate, you don't remember what happened to you yesterday. I know I don't. She starts telling me. You know, the kids are with my, my ex-husband, and they. I called my sister, and she said, we're going to help take your kids away. 
unless you go to Teen Challenge. We're done with this. Wow. And I'm like, what's Teen Challenge? Like, I didn't even know what Teen Challenge was. Yeah. I am definitely not a teenager. <laughs> so what are you people talking about? And they're like, you need help. And this is for adults and teens, and you're going. So I did. Mm. And I just was so tired. I was 120 pounds when I got there. I was exhausted. You know, God had just opened all these doors to, to saving my career, letting me keep my job. Mm. Um, he put just certain people in my life to help lead me to Team Challenge. Mm. And it happened like very, very quickly. And when I got there, I, I'm so like exhausted and, and tired you know I, I'm like okay where's my room I just want to go sleep this year off <laughs> and they're like oh you don't get a room you don't get a private room like we're putting you in a house with 20 other women and I'm like listen you're not hooking me up with a bunch of drug addicts I'm not staying in a house with a bunch of drug addicts and they're like hello McFly you are a drug addict and like that's really where the Lord started working on me was right there in that moment like this is happening your kids are with your ex for the next year my parents are driving away and I'm now gonna bunk up with 20 other women who I believe are nothing like me but I'm everything like them mm -hmm. you know the Lord's like you got a lot to learn girl yeah. we're about to get started so I I just said I was so entitled and I really thought because I got my drugs from a pharmacy mm. that I didn't have a problem but I literally had such a problem such a bigger problem than I feel like somebody who was buying hers from behind 7-eleven you know because here I had free access to it great benefits great care great insurance and I was I was abusing, like abusing all of it. it. Yeah. I was definitely abusing all of it. And yeah. so entitled, mm. you know, and, and so stuck in shame and unforgiveness. Boy, I was like a solid rock. Mm. So, you know, I was there for a couple months and I was begging to go home. I didn't want to be there. Because it's a, as Brett was saying last time, it's a 12 month program. It's a 12 month program. Yep. And I didn't, I, you know, I, I had already lost my kids. And mm. here I had gone from full-time mom to part-time mom in this divorce and now you want to take him from me for a year wow. but that was the hardest thing for me mm. in the first 30 days you can't even talk to your kids or anybody in your family because wow. they really want you to just like settle in and yep. get used to it and that was like breaking a bowl mm. <laughs> for my poor leadership that were with me at that time but you know it was really good for me because being broken mm. and being humbled in it was what I really needed. Mm. Yep. Otherwise, it anything else probably wouldn't have worked. You would have just been right back in the cycle. Nothing else worked for me. Mm. So, you know, I tried Suboxone. I tried methadone. Mm. I tried doing it in my own strength forever. Yeah. But Jesus was really the only answer. Yep. For me. Yep. And he was showing me that at Teen Challenge. And then just being, and I'm so grateful I wasn't in a single room by myself because mm. he really showed me how to fall in love with people who were hurting. Yep. And hurting the same way I was hurting. Yep. And I still have those friends today and those relationships today. Mm. I really think that I was meant to be there at yep. that time. Oh, yeah. And that for such with a time those as leaders, this. yeah, mm -hmm. for such a time as this, mm -hmm. with those leaders, with those people, with those sisters that I, I spent that time with there, mm -hmm. because it totally shaped the rest of me in mm -hmm. my walk with Christ, because yeah. that's where I became completely broken. Yeah, I remember one time we were um, we were in a, a worship service. Uh, we had you know, devotion, and we were on a very strict schedule, yep. and, but we were at this uh, devotion service late in the evening, and I had just been, the Holy Spirit had just been really pulling on me mm. for, for months, yeah. and I finally was 
was starting to break, you know? And, and I'm like, God, I'm so disgusting. Like, I don't know why you would want any of this mess. Yeah. And all of this pain and shame and guilt. I was just so broken. Yeah. And someone preached on um, when Jesus was saying, uh, come to me all you who are weary and burdened yep. and heavy burden and I will give you rest. Yep. And I was so exhausted. That was like the theme of my life was exhaustion mm. from wearing all those different masks. Yep. And I finally just broke mm. in um, one of those uh, worship services and I just said, if you want it, <laughs> I don't know why, but you can have it because yep. I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. Um, it's it's too exhausting. Yep. Being me, so take it, take it away, and yep. just make me something new mm. because I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And that was it. Mm. And I accepted him as my savior, and life has never been the same mm. ever since. So. That's awesome. He's really the only answer mm. for me. Yep. So. I just want to say, um, I, you guys obviously have been through different things than I have in life, but what you said about um, like nothing worked, I just want to offer some encouragement to someone listening that if you are currently struggling mm-hmm. and you feel like nothing is working, keep trying. Yeah. Try any possible thing you can because like Kate said, she was hopeless and look at her now. She's living an amazing life and she's sold out for Jesus. And so I, anyone who's listening who is kind of maybe struggling with feeling like they're at the end of their rope. Don't give up. I just want to do a quick side note yes. for that. Um, so yeah, I was, I knew like tidbits of your story, but hearing this full story is just like, I mean, you're, you're a warrior. Look at you. Like you fought your way, you know, you made it. So I thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing all of that stuff. Um, so what do you think, if you could kind of pick out a couple key points of, valuable things that you learned through this whole experience what what would you kind of pick out as the most important things one important thing that I've learned over this whole ordeal yep. of, of life is um, authentic grief mm. leads to authentic healing oh that's good and freedom and that's what Jesus really wants yep. for us he died to give us freedom yeah and I think we lie to ourselves the enemy lies to us, and then we lie on top of those lies that mm-hmm. we are not worth that freedom, that we oh, don't, yeah. that we we can't experience that freedom yeah. because of what we've done mm. or what we've been through. Yep. And I think that's most important for me is that we, you really just face all of that hurt mm. and you give it to Jesus. Yep. And, you know, oh, let me read you this verse. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Um, one thing that I love, I, I really fell in love with the with the with the word. Mm. Um, simply, simply join your life with mine. Mm. Learn my ways, and you will discover that I am gentle, humble, and easy to please. Mm. What know, scripture is that? This is it's in Matthew, Matthew eleven twenty nine. Oh, that's this good. is the Passion version. And that's Jesus talking, and he, you know, that's something that I, I really grew up thinking mm. that I could never please Jesus. Yeah. Like, I could, I could never please Jesus. Like, it was God. like so an impossible why, burden. Yeah. Exactly. So, my, my whole philosophy was, screw it, I'll just go down with, mm. you know, the rest of them. But I think that's the lie that I was always operating mm. in, is that I could never please the Lord. Yep. But that's so opposite. Yes. It's... Our lives are a living sacrifice mm. to him. What, how you know he gives us our lives, yep. so how we live it is a sacrifice and, and an honor to, to give back to him. Yep. And we do please him mm. just by loving him, yep. obeying him, yep. and just having that intimate relationship with him. Like yeah. that is so key. It's not about religion. Mm-mm. It's just about that relationship with him. And when yep. you really fall in love with him. Mm. 
everything becomes so easy. Yeah. It is easy to please him mm -hmm. because you want to please somebody that you're in love with. Yeah, that's true. So I think that's one of my favorite verses yeah. is to join your life with him, yep. learn his ways, and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, yeah. easy to please, and you will find refreshment mm. and rest in me. And there's that rest theme yep. again. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's one thing that I learned. And also not to be so judgmental. Yeah. I mean, God really broke me of that, yep. putting me in that house with all those mm. women. Like, here I was, Queen of Shiva, I'm going to need my own room, please. And they were just like <laughs> laughing at me. Well, you're going to share a bunk bed with, uh, you know, some stranger that just came in mm. actually today. Wow. And her... You know, it, it was just like, I really thought I was better than my than everybody else. And really, we're, nobody's better than nope. anybody else. And especially in the eyes of God, that like he sees us all the same. We're all yep. his kids. He wants to love on us. And he loves on us individually, you know, just as we as parents love on our own kids individually. Yep. But he... He doesn't put one in front of the other. Mm. Like he, he individually ministers to our yep. hearts the way that we need to be ministered to. And, you know, I think he just really broke me mm. of, of that being in, at Teen Challenge and hearing all those girls' stories mm. and just really falling in love with those people. Yeah. So I think not being judgmental yep. of somebody else's story. Everybody's got a story. Oh, yeah. And everybody, you know, likes to hide it or mask it in different ways. But I really feel like God is calling us to be more authentic as a church, as people. Yeah. The more authentic we are, the more attractive we make Jesus look like. Mm. Because he can set anybody free. If yep. he could set me like free if he from 25 yeah. years of addiction and bondage and running from him. Wow. I mean, he can do it for anybody. Yep. That reminds me... Um, there's a scripture, the Apostle Paul says something to the effect of, um, he saved all sinners of whom I am the worst. Yes. Like, I love that. Just remind yeah, me of that Yeah, I love when he says that. Yeah. Because yeah. I definitely was the worst. You're like, if we're counting scores here, like, <laughs> I got a lot of checks here. Like, so. <laughs> My list is long. <laughs> yeah. So if he could save me, he could definitely save anyone. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. No one, I believe, you guys probably believe it too, no one is beyond the reach of God. Like, mm. if you're willing, he, he will. I mean, it's, if, if you really so do good. the research on my grace is sufficient, mm. he doesn't He doesn't put a label on that. Nope. He just says, my grace is sufficient for you. So, yep. yeah. you know, you're never out of reach of God. Even when you're not seeking God, mm. he's seeking you. Yeah. I didn't realize that. But now, looking back over my life, I was even thinking about that when we were on the way here, how God pursues us relentlessly. Yep. Yep. And I was looking through my pictures on the way here, and I'm like, man, he, he was after me there, and he was after me here, and, and he was calling my name there, yeah. and I was still running from him. Yep. So even when we're in our own mess, or our sin, or addiction, and he still pursues us. Oh, yeah. I didn't understand the level of love that God has for us. Mm. I always thought I had to earn his love. Yep. But we don't have to earn it. Mm -hmm. It's like freely given. Yep. It's like winning the lotto. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> it's like winning the lotto and you get inheritance and yep. you get to live forever. Yep. And you get, and you get. And if you continue on to the end, if you are faithful mm. to the end, we get everything that Jesus gets. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Why wouldn't somebody want to say no to that? Yeah. It's funny you said that because I look back. Um, my story is not really similar to your guys' in many ways. But um, I was baptized when I was 13. And I did it because my parents said I had to. Yeah. It wasn't like something that I had. My sister and I both, we like got baptized in this lake. And we're like, okay, well, can we have lunch now? Like we didn't even care. It wasn't like a big deal to us at all. Um, and then throughout my teen years, I... I didn't really, because my mom had a lot of church hurt, like similar to yours. Like family members were abused, like at, in the church, like a youth minister molested one of our family members at youth group. Oh my God. So she had like a lot of church hurt um, and my father physically abused her and he was a worship leader. So she's had like a lot of church hurt. So coming from that, she would like never really wanted us to go to church because she's like, I'm not seeing that it's that great of a place, like yeah. all the stuff that I've kind of experienced. 
Um, so throughout my teen years, we went to church a couple times. It wasn't anything, you know, I can't even really remember, like, every Sunday. It wasn't anything consistent. Um, and it wasn't until when my daughter, who she got sick and had cancer and then ended up passing away, it wasn't until after she was born that um, Curtis's aunt and uncle, my husband, um, Mo and Tommy, introduced the word to us and started bringing us to church and kind of mm. discipled us. It wasn't until then that I actually made the choice for myself. Because mm. I feel like a lot of people... Religion is almost forced on them, yeah. like they do because they think they have to. You went with your parents yeah. because you thought you had to. Um, so I, I just want to make that distinction too. That I remember when I chose it for myself. How so? It was such a different, yes, different perspective. You know, yeah. it was like, oh, I'm choosing to study the word. I'm choosing to love people like God says to love them. I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm doing it because I want to. So yeah. I felt like I remember feeling such like a, like a just a shift. Yeah. It's a, it was totally different from when I thought I had to. Yeah. You know? So that's yeah. at least one thing. People can't desire desire more for you mm. than you desire for yourself. Exactly. It'll, it'll never work. You yep. have to you have to desire the change. Yep. Your relationship with the Lord. Yep. Your purpose in life, your plan in life. If any if somebody desires that more than you desire mm. for yourself, it's it's it, it won't help that you'll never mount up to it. No. Nope. You have to want it for yourself. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, it's in the Bible. You seek, you shall find. Yeah. And after the door will be open. So, yep. Um, it's 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 our responsibility to seek. Mm. It's our responsibility. It's our action to knock. Yep. So that He can open the door. Yeah. So that He can show us the way to, to life, mm. and it's not just life, but abundant life. Yeah. So that's what He gives. Yep. So. Yeah. That's awesome. So I don't think we discussed this really in the last episode. Um, so I'm just out of curiosity going to ask you guys, how did you two meet? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Lakeside Church in Jesus. Oh, okay. So it wasn't at Teen Challenge. You guys weren't there. No. Okay, because no. see, that's what I thought this whole time when I was met at the program. When, when she was doing outreach for Lakeside, yeah. okay, they came to Teen Challenge. Some of my leaders were now leaders at Sanford Teen Challenge. Oh. And the Lord just kept bringing that up, bringing that up. Yep. And, and like nudging me to reach out to them. And yeah. I'm like, okay, what can we do? What can we do for them? So I went to um, Pastor Mick and said, you know, we're going to do an outreach at Teen Challenge. And he's like, what's Teen Challenge? I didn't know what it was either, to be honest. <laughs> so, but because, you know, Jason knew what Teen Challenge was, he was like, that's fantastic. So we ended up going over to Teen um, TC. And, you know, my my friend was Christy and Jeremy. That's who I was going to, to love on. But they hooked me up with him as my go-to person to, like, talk with and yep. arrange things with. And he was so, like... I'm like, woo woo, you know, like we're so different personalities. <laughs> and he's like all business and I'm like, oh, let's do this and let's do this. And he's like, well, do you have numbers for that? Oh, the Holy Spirit will lead. <laughs> and he's like so opposite. <laughs> so I'm like, do you guys have anybody like fun to hook me up as my go-to person? But oh when we got, when I got, he was just very business-like. But when I got there, like he, I, I just... Yeah, it was like gravity. Mm. We just kept like following each other around. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it until we started to leave. And Zoe's like, hey, mom, so, you know that guy Brett? And I'm like, yeah, what about him? And she's like, you followed him around all day long. And I'm like, no, I didn't. She's like, mom, he followed you around all day long. <laughs> and I'm like, he did? <laughs> and then that was it. So, so funny. Yeah. And we just, I, uh, Kind of kept in touch, you know, through texting and stuff. Yep. And then, and I'm like, one day I called him and said, hey, you have tools, right? You know how to hang a shelf. And he came. Aww. And he hung a shelf in my house. And then he okay, asked me out on a date. Every day since and we've been together. <laughs> yeah. And then he asked me out on a date. And um, I said, well, I'm not really, I don't really date, but do you want to go down to the park and, and help me pass out some stuff to the homeless here in Kissimmee? And he's like... Yeah, so it was just him and I, right? Or yeah. was it Jackie and... No, it was just us. It was just the two of us, and we went and loved on homeless people mm -hmm. and prayed with them and, and ended up going to Burger King twice, or, and it was crazy. Like, I'm going to marry this guy. <laughs> if he can hang with me yeah. in the park with homeless people, I'm going to And be okay with it, I'm yeah. I'm going to lock that down. All right, so. so
so ladies, if you're looking for a man, go try to find someone to serve Jesus with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a good place to start. So. Yeah. Yeah. I de- you know, that's funny though, because I, I definitely prayed like, you know, you do, you know, you give God your list of who you want. I said, I needed somebody who came from a background of addiction. Mm, I really oh, wow. wanted, I prayed hard for that because yeah. I wanted him to understand me when I'm struggling mm. and me vice versa, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely wanted him to have that background yeah. and to love people mm. like I love people and to love Jesus like I love Jesus. Yeah. I didn't want to date somebody or marry somebody who just wanted to go to church once a week or no. twice a month. Like I wanted somebody who really was like crazy in love with Jesus. Yeah. So he brought me and there you Brad go. Cooper. Answer Even though he's a Gator fan, I'll take oh. him, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> I will say, like, to anybody that's listening, that um, make sure that you connect yourself with people that come from an understanding mm. of what you're going through. Oh, Don't that's good. get all your knowledge and wisdom from books on the shelf. Mm. Yeah. But get it from somebody who's been through it, who yeah. understands it, who speaks life into it yeah. out of out of the gospel, out of the word. Um, because I'm telling you, I've tried for so long to get people to understand me mm. that have never been through addiction and they nope. do not understand And me. you can't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's one reason why I think Teen Challenge has been so successful is because yeah. pretty much everybody who works there yep. has been through some type of oh, yeah. addiction. So. Yeah. Just being around them feels like home. Mm. You know, you're just, those are, those are our people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, God's definitely leading us into um, aftercare ministry. We yeah. want to open a place called The Refuge. Okay. And have, you know, people coming out of long-term uh, rehabilitation centers like Teen Challenge, Life Changers. Mm those long-term because it's like they do the 12 month program then what you know exactly if you throw them back into the world like exactly and in addiction you burn a lot of bridges Mm -hmm. you know and so if you've burnt bridges with family members for years they're not going to be willing to i was blessed to have a family like i had like my parents were very loving and supportive Mm -hmm. all my brothers and sisters were all for me to, to do this and to recover with me. Mm-hmm. And they really loved me through those next couple years yeah. of being out. And, you know, even now we still, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? You know, like they, it's, I have a huge support system, but a yeah. lot of people don't. They don't. Yeah. So we want to do a discipleship program. You know, people, the world would call it aftercare. We would call it discipleship. Yeah. Um, where we just, take in people who yep. maybe don't have a support system mm-hmm. or who would be out on the street if they're not in, you know, Teen Challenge or Life Changers or yeah. prison or jail and be able to help walk them through those next stages of life and acclimate them back into society mm-hmm. to help them get jobs yeah. and to really teach them, listen, you're only going to stay free if you stay close to the cross. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's one thing to get free. It's yep. another thing altogether stay to fight free. for your freedom oh, yeah. and to stay free. Oh, and we, good. you know, praise God that I have Brett, that we really help each other fight for our freedom. Yep. It's a process being, you know, fighting for your freedom. That's oh, yeah. like... Everybody has to go through that in the Christian life. Oh, but, yeah. You know, especially if you, um, you know, struggle with what we had for, for so long. But we want to help people fight for theirs. Mm. You know, so that's... The only way you can fight is Jesus. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And we wage war, right. right? Yeah. Okay, so um, I think I already asked Brett this, but Kate, if you... If there's someone listening to this podcast right now who feels like they're losing the fight against their addiction, just drowning in it, what encouragement or advice could you offer them? Okay. So I found <laughs> I found a quote from Martin Luther King. Oh, okay. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. And um, let me read it real quick. Yep, yep. Let's do If you can't fly, then run. If you can't mm. run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do... Keep moving forward. Oh, that's good. And, you know, Pastor Jason from Lakeside Church, he spoke <laughs> on um, making God your true north. Mm. And it just blew my mind. Yeah. It's, it's a verse in Deuteronomy where okay. the Israelites are, you know, going around the desert, blah, blah, mm. blah. And then 
finally the Lord says to them, you've circled this mountain. Long enough. Long enough. Yep. Now turn north. Yep. And I think that's what anybody has to do is to make God your true north. Like yep. he has to be the focus of your everything. He has, you have to like intentionally seek him and let him guide you yeah. in everything, all aspects of yep. life all the time. Like he has to become every breath you take. Yep. So for me, if, you, if someone who's struggling addiction, like if you need a true north, if you make Jesus Christ your true, true north, mm. you're going to walk out of it. He yep. will set you free from it. Yep. And he will keep you in that freedom if you continue yep. to make him your true north. Yeah. You know, you have to keep your eyes fixed on him. That's good. That's, that's my advice. Jesus. I love it. <laughs> um, Jesus let me is all I got. Up, let me sum it up in one word for you. Jesus. He's all I got. <laughs> that's good. He's all you need. If that's Perfect. If, if, you, if you're in need, he's all you yep. need. So That's true. Yeah. Um, so I actually forgot to ask you this last time, but I can maybe, you know, just put it in the show notes or something. If people want to connect with you, you know, maybe somebody who wants to reach out to you, like, for what next step to take or find out how to get in Teen Challenge, anything like that, where or how can they get in touch with you? We'll, be able um, to well we could, um, they could get in touch, you know, through you. Okay. We could get in touch through us, yeah. uh, to us. But we also, I'm at KateDeLong75 okay. at iCloud.com. Okay. And my email is... Two, the number two, mm-hmm. Cooper's eighty two at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. And you can, you can reach out to me through there. Um, Instagram. Um, Instagram under Brett Cooper. Okay. Um, and get connect with you. And, yeah, and I can know, pass along the message. Yeah, pass along the yeah. message, but we really, uh, you know, we, if you reach out, we'll, we'll definitely respond to yep. to, to get back with you. And, okay. And, whether that's getting team challenged, go have lunch with you, yeah. um, talk to you on the phone, encourage mm-hmm. you, give you some insight, and we yeah. can, we'd be joyful to do it. So. Okay, well, absolutely. What more can we ask for? So that's perfect. Okay, well, thank you both. Um, these two episodes have just, I am honored that you were willing to share your stories with me, first of all. So, you know, this is obviously a very public thing being published all over, so that, that takes. A certain level of courage to kind of put yourself out there like that so thank you both for doing that and we will see you guys next time thank you for listening to the encourageous podcast i hope today's story left you feeling encouraged and inspired come back every other thursday for a new episode and be sure to subscribe Your support makes a world of a difference, especially for a new and bi-weekly podcast like this one. If you want to connect with me on social, you can find me on both Instagram and Facebook at The Encourageous Podcast. Until next time, stay encourageous. Encourageous.